The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. Proudly made in the USA, customizable SeaDeck no-skid traction is non-absorbent, closed-cell EVA specifically formulated for the marine industry. For a free sample and more information, check out www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. And now, it's showtime. the official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast, with the noise of the North himself, oh, yeah. Dano the Mano. Thanks for tuning in to episode 90 of the Golden Mike Podcast. I'm the noise of the North, Dan of the Mano, recording this portion of today's podcast from the suburban Chicagoland, the Mano Studio, Studio A, and now it's time for some audio sunshine. Hey, hey guys, before I get into today's guest, I do want to mention how honored I was and I am to have been named Water Sports Industry Leadership Awards recipient of the 2018 Larry Medoc Award. Happened last week at the WSIA Summit in the Snow. I was presented the award by Kevin Michael and Larry Medoc himself, along with Zane Schwank. And of course, Zane is just a legend in toad water sports in general, both water skiing and wakeboarding. I hope to have him on the podcast too. Zane spent so many years competing and helping advocate the sport. Uh, He's one of the founders of Pass the Handle and the Pass the Handle initiative. He continues to get people on the water and uh, spread that message along with other winners, Greg Hodgen of Wake the World. There's Blake Hess, who created the National Points Chase, which also is now merged with the WWA Wake Park National Championships, and it draws uh, riders from something like 50 Wake Parks around North America. Last year, I think there was like over 400 uh, registered riders out there. Just, Just absolutely insane. What an unbelievable moment it was for me. It was surreal, you know? I'm proud that I can also be a voice, you know, just like many of you listeners. You guys can be a voice as well. One way is is through the Wake Responsibly initiative, which is part of the WSIA's waterway protection efforts to minimize threats to lakes and rivers regarding toad water sports and to preserve the vitality of wake sports for years to come. The WSIA is focused on promoting and protecting all toad water sports through the best practices, maintaining waterway access rights, educating participants, promoting safety, and facilitating sustainable industry growth. You guys can check it all out at WSIA.net. There's information, there's tools to help prevent and prepare. There's a lot going on right now, folks. WSIA.net, again, for you to check that out. And, you know, I hope to be able to talk to you guys in person as well to to talk a little bit deeper on what the message is there. But Stoke WSIA is also a supporter of the Golden Mike podcast this year. So really excited about that. And while I travel around with the WWA and announce the biggest events in the world, and I get to spread the, the message there as well. 
It's also fitting that today's guest is also a WSIA Leadership Award winner, among many other awesome attributes, including an amateur U.S. national and world champion back in 2003. So he's old school. He won that back in the men's one, 19 to 24-year-old age bracket. He still rips. He still boosts. But he's now a factory rep for one of the industry's leading boat manufacturers, and we'll get into that uh, within the episode. But today my guest is Adam Winsink. He's also a former professional top 10 men's rider on the Pro Wakeboard Tour back when I first started announcing. He hung up the towel on Florida early, made the decision to stay in the Midwest. He had a few successful pro years while living in the Midwest, but now he's full-time, full throttle, and fully committed. He was named WSIA Sales Rep of the Year in 2017. He helped me understand how important last week of my life was. And, you know, he's a longtime friend, a dude. I feel like we have been climbing the ladder, carrying the torch for a long time together, you know, maybe in different places and maybe, you know, slightly differently. But it's always cool to come full circle and uh, do these things. And Adam, he's a podcast listener himself. He's a Golden Mike podcast listener. He's a Mano Fano, and he always has been. I know he's going to be a little bit bummed because we had to cut a little bit of the audio down. Him and I actually recorded for like an hour and 30 minutes, but I don't know. Something happened while we were out there recording in Detroit. There was some weird crossover radio frequencies coming through and I didn't catch them until I actually sent the audio in to get edited and so we've done our best I know it doesn't affect the episode I've already listened but hopefully you guys aren't going to hear any of that in the next episode Uh, I'm currently working to check all my equipment to make sure that I can continue to deliver you guys all the good stuff the good quality So uh, excited for Adam here, and uh, that's going to be coming up in just a few moments. So Adam and I, we recorded this at the Detroit Boat Show. Uh, I recorded two episodes while I was at the Detroit Boat Show. Of course, J.B. O'Neill on episode 89, and then about a week later, Adam was there repping. He was with Silver Spray Sports, the local uh, nautique dealer. Tons of awesome dealers out there in Michigan. The guys from uh, Action down there, they helped us out. They're the Mastercraft dealer uh, with the Rail Jam, one of our... Our winch is just, uh, I don't know, maybe you just couldn't deal with the cold so much. But uh, big thanks to, to Action over there and, of course, Leader Winch Company. We talked about them on the last episode. But anyways, guys, uh, let's get back to it real quick. Please remember to find and subscribe to the Golden Mike Podcast. Rate and review the show if you can. You can listen free on iTunes, the podcast app, on the iPhone, or pretty much any podcast app on Android. Again, just search the Golden Golden Mike Podcast, also on SoundCloud, and again, noiseofthenorth.com. Sponsors, SeaDeck Marine Products, Boulder Boats, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Performance Ski and Surf, Wakeboarding.com, WSIA, GoPuck, Hyperlight, C4 Belts, Conley, Leadwake, Ronix, O'Brien, and Slingshot. Other ways to support is to buy a t-shirt or a dad hat from me. If you're interested in that or you just want to talk to me or you can email me, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com 
or you can find me on Facebook at the Golden Mike Podcast, Facebook page, of course, on Twitter at the Golden underscore Mike, and at the Dano T Mano, also Instagram at Dano T Mano. All right, let's take it back to Detroit Rock City, baby. Oh, yeah. And my guest, the one and only Adam Winsink, right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. Adam Winsink sitting here with me. What's up, Adam? What's up, dude? Glad to be here. Yeah, man. So you're a, you're a podcast listener. You Golden Mike podcast listener? Oh, of course. Yeah, I don't I don't miss an episode. What was the last one you listened to, brother? Oh, man. Now you're putting me on the spot. It was actually... Uh, he doesn't miss an episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I might have oversold that a little bit. It just came out of the boat show. I'm still in sales mode a little bit. Yeah, but, right. Uh, uh, my, I, I would say my favorite one so far um, was between J.D. Webb and Gunther Oka. That's right, but so. you kind of have that iron in both of those fires, Might right? be a little bit biased, yeah. yeah. JD's a good friend, and so is Gunther, and, uh, you know, I, I appreciate uh, Gunther for being an Ohio boy who's kind of just put in the work to make it happen, and JD's just, uh, you know, I appreciate his honesty on the podcast. I, I really enjoy that, so. So I thought it would be really important and cool to have you on the podcast. First of all, you're very respected in the toad water sports industry on a couple of different levels um first as a rider second as your position within nautique boats um now you're not really competing on the pro level these days but i do remember there was a time when you'd uh take the tie off the the suit so to say and you jump behind the boat and do a little riding in the pro men's division maybe at a nautique like nationals or uh, or one of their pro-am events like that but it seems like you've kind of hung up like the pro rider part of wakeboarding you're still riding though right oh yeah riding a ton but you are traveling around as a representative a sales representative for the Nautique boat brand. Uh, talk a little bit about your position there, what you do within uh, Nautique. Yeah, so I'm the uh, I'm the sales rep for the Northeast and the Midwest. So I cover basically from Maine around the Great Lakes over to, to Minnesota. And so my job is to um, basically sell the boats to the dealer network in that in that particular area and then train them and support them to retail sell to the customers and and to provide a an awesome experience for for nautique customers so and you've also sort of kind of as you've climbed up through the ranks you've also become the second face of the company i would call murray sort of the face of the company sure. but you're all over the videos and stuff too you're doing a, a lot of like the instructional stuff uh, not on like teaching people how to wakeboard but talking about the boat so kind of maybe touch on that and how you got into that and how you got picked as that person yeah so the the product walkthrough videos as we as we look at the way that you know, people consume information today when they're doing a research, doing research on a boat, it's all online. And it's like, hey, you know, this is a, an opportunity for us to uh, give people the correct message about our product and the design intent and what it can do for them and, and what kind of experience it can create on the web. And then when they get to the dealership, you know, it's validating that product. It is, uh, uh, you know, it's it, it's really just focusing then on the dealership and what they have to offer and then, you know, get them in the right boat. So the way that it came about is we've been talking about it for a while and, and marketing was trying to figure out, you know, who's going to do these walkthroughs. And I just raised my hand. I was like, look, this is what I do every single weekend, you know, from the first of January through the end of March at a boat show. 
as I I communicate this to the customers and explain to them, you know, what our boats, you know, can do for them on the water and the experience it can provide. So I was like, why don't you let me give it a shot? And I'm, you know, I can speak decent in front of in front of people. It's uh, it's always been something that I've not been afraid to do and. You know, it's a little different when the camera's in your face the whole time and trying to hit your lines the way that. Uh, so, yeah, so they gave me a chance at it and, and I just kind of ad lib. So I just roll through the boat like I would and and try to make it happen in the most natural way and explain it. Uh, from my personal experiences on the water, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to be an athlete, an enthusiast, <clears throat> a rep and uh, a part of the, you know, have some influence on where we're headed with the product. So I can explain it to a customer just by telling the story, you know. And uh, so I think it works well, and it seems like it connects well with uh, consumers because people come up to me all the time at the boat show and say, hey, I know I heard your voice, and I turned around, and there you were. I've been watching all your videos. So I I think it's been well-received, and, uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm excited to be a part of that. Let's kind of go back to the beginning here. I always like to get the stories. And so I've been announcing the events since 2005. You were already like a, like, kind of up there. I think you were like probably in the top 15 or so when I first started announcing. And you were a guy who had the respect of the riders as well. So you've been around for quite some time, but let's go back to the beginning. I know you're from from Ohio, but let's find out exactly where in Ohio, where you're from, uh, your water sports background. Like, did it run in the family? Do you have any siblings? Do they do that? Were mom and dad wakeboarders or water skiers before you? Go ahead, just kind of break it down for us. Yeah, for sure. All of the above, actually. Um, So I grew up just outside of Toledo, Ohio, which is northwest Ohio, not far from the Michigan line. And uh, uh, it's in the middle of nowhere. I grew up in a small town uh, called Delta, Ohio, which is in the middle of a cornfield. And the the, the only body of water is the Maumee River, which is uh, 30 minutes south of where I grew up. The and Muddy Maumee, the right? The Muddy Maumee, yep. So it's a, uh, it's a river that, that terminates into Lake Erie, and there's an 18-mile stretch between two spillways that 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 is it's awesome riding you know it's like a highway so you got good water all the time the people are incredible you know everybody's just having a a great time and it's mostly tow boats out there so i grew up there um in a campground uh, mom and dad just had a seasonal camper in a campground so it's kind of like a lake house type thing yeah exactly yeah we just had a camper that we towed in and it was down in the floodplain so you know the water could come up and flood us out we'd have to pull the campers out and you know but back down in there we'd but it was an interesting campground because you could put docks and lifts right out in front of your camper. So that was our weekend place, right? So we, we would pack up every weekend and go live in the, in the camper for, for t- two, three days. And, uh, and my dad was uh, big into to water sports. He was one of the first guys out there to, to barefoot um, behind the boat. Uh, he actually learned to barefoot on a whip behind a, uh, a, a little boat with an outboard on it, but that's the only way he could get enough speed. So he'd step off on the whip in his jean shorts and take a yeah. rip and then drop down. But so anyways, that's where it all started. So when I was, when I came into the world, um, you know, when all of us did, it was kind of requirement to be a waterman, you know? So, uh, dad got us out there. Mom and dad did super early. My mom was a trick skier. Um, were they competitive at all? Or no, was it well, my like dad was, yeah, my dad was a competitive barefooter back in the day. And so like he, competing against like the likes of Sipel and Sipel, Scarpa. Yep. Yep. Sipel, Scarpa, regionals, nationals, you know, um, he did some jumping, 
you know, wakes, tricks, uh, not a lot of backwards stuff back then, but, uh, but yeah, so he was, you know, never at their level, but, um, you know, competed against all those guys in that era. And even Jeff Smith from Silver Spray, you know, would have been at those contests back in the day, too, that we just came from. What kind of boat were you guys? Because you, you have this passion for the brand, but I mean, as a sales guy, I, I don't know. Like, I, there was a time when I sold boats. I worked for months and up in Chicagoland, and when I sold Malibu's and Mastercraft, so it was like, if you, if you even tried to tell me that there was anything better than those two boats. Yep. It was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, yeah. Don't even, don't even. And now, you know, now I know that like all of the manufacturers do such an awesome job out there, and you know, like you can find value in pretty much any brand. But sure. dude, since I've known you, you have been a nautique guy. I remember you uh, putting up banners and just uh, wiping down boats before. I don't know, maybe you were a sales rep or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, did, did that start early? Were you guys like nautique owners early in the day? Yeah, for sure. So we our first boat was a Century, an old inboard Century. We had that for a few years, and then in 1986, we got our first ski nautique from actually from Jeff and Patty here, Silver Spray, where we just walked out of their booth. But uh, um, yeah, so we had an 86 ski nautique, 2001. You know. Um, that was uh, the, the beginning of all of this for me. And so we uh, we grew up with uh, that nautique, and it just evolved from there. So I did I learned almost everything I know behind that boat. All the you know all the basic inverts with side sacks next to the to the engine compartment with a 10 foot pole on it, and we could just fit as many bodies as we could in that, which was about six and a half at that time uh, in that boat. But uh, we were, you know, had a big steep wake on it, and we could go out there, and you just run into it, and you'd go up in the air. So yeah, they're still great boats. Right? Yeah. What like as a rep, like what are you seeing with within the towed water sports industry? Because, you know, there was a long time where it seemed like wakeboarding had fully taken over water skiing, but now it seems like water skiing's having sort of a resurgence. But then you'll get people who are all being like, oh, wakeboarding's dying, and wake surfing is taking over. I mean, what, what like what do you see? Because I I feel like 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 we're in a time where it's like, hey, people are now getting into having fun again, and maybe not necessarily taking it as serious, but there still are a lot of serious people. And then I think there's a lot of people, um, even people I respect, who I think are making facts up, you know. But like about the industry and where the industry is at, and with that being like, oh, the industry is dying. But I I don't know. What do you, what do you see? No, I think that uh, you're exactly right, Dano. I think that 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 fun is becoming number one again and people are wake surfing is one of those things where um you know the way i see it it, it's something i totally love it you know i think it's great you can do it when it's choppy everybody can do it for the most part and the reason i think that it's it is blowing up so big is if you think about the way that people use their boat so think about most of the country which is they're using their boat uh, in a vacation area, uh, only a few months out of the year, and they have new new people coming up to the lake house every weekend. And with wake surfing, almost everybody can get a win and go home with a victory and not be too beat up, right? Kind of like Angry Birds. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And not be too beat up at the end of the day. And uh, where, you know, wakeboarding and water skiing, some of the others take a little more discipline, maybe take a little more time to, to hone in those skills where wake, wake surfing, you can get up, get a quick win, and, uh, 
and it's low impact and it's very social because you're right off the back of the boat. So, so I understand why it's it's blowing up because it, it appeals to a broad market. Um, but when I do these proving ground tour events, which is a demo series that we do for for Nautique to get butts in boats and just show them what the product's all about on the water uh, from a performance perspective, I'm still getting a lot of wakeboarders to show up with their wakeboards. You know, little guys that are wanting to slow the boat down and learn the basics, and then you'll have some heavy hitters that show up and slant. You know, they want the boat fully slammed and 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 they want to take their riding to a new level so so i don't think that wakeboarding is dying i just think that surfing is growing really fast um so my and and then i've i've heard from uh, just anecdotally from some of the 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 wakeboard and and wake surfer reps you know, that carry both segments that they're both kind of head to head right now when it comes to, to boat show sales so i don't know if it's you know as doom and gloom as everybody thinks it is i just think that um wakeboarding is getting a little bit overshadowed because it's been around for a while and wake surfing is just growing at a very rapid pace so it just seems like it's on everybody's mind but i think that uh uh with wake surfing it's a lot of fun, and but there's something about taking a little more risk on a wakeboard. It doesn't have to be like go out and bust yourself up to learn something new. And, and really what we need to do as a wakeboarding community to, to, to eliminate some of those uh, theories of, oh, it's too hard or it hurts too much, you know, I could get beat up doing it, is to do a better job coaching new people. So you know, there, there is, you, we've all seen it, right? People are having a few drinks or whatever, and they got some new people on the boat. They put them on a wakeboard. They smash the pro wake preset in the super aeronautique G23. They fill the ballast all the way up. They go 23 miles an hour at 75 feet behind the boat. And then after the guy gets up on a wakeboard, they tell him to cut out as far as you can, dude, go for it, dude. Now slam it. The right. dude smokes the wake. He goes, you know, 10 feet in the air, knocks himself silly or twists the knee or something. And then all of a sudden he's a wake surfer. You've been around long enough and you were around at a time when there was like some crazy animosities between like the skiers and the wakeboarders. But yeah. did, were you ever in, in, involved in that? Were you ever kind of buttonheads with skiers or anything no, like that? I, I'm a... I was a water skier first, a wakeboarder, and then I sky ski, I barefoot, I do whatever I can do behind the boat to have a good time. And actually all of those things have made me better at wakeboarding because right. I, under, I just understand the water better, right? So I, I respect in, in, shoot, more than respect anybody that's behind the boat doing anything. You know, it's uh, the, the community and the camaraderie and the, the, how it brings your family together and your friends and the, and the people that you meet, the like people that you meet through, meet through water sports has given me a lifestyle that is actually driven me to be a better rep and a better ambassador for the brand because I'm kind of just sharing that with people. Like, hey, I want other people to have the same opportunity, the same experience to – but – shoot slalom skiing man it's a game of inches these guys are technicians out there sure. that are they're incredible that I, I could never do i mean maybe i could if i put the work in but i'm five seven i'm not sure my slalom game is ever going to get that great you know right but uh you know in trick skiing and all that stuff i i'm a trick skier i get on a trick ski and and do all the i don't do toe turns and stuff like that but i can do all the wake turns and do some couple inverts how do you how do you like when you're when you're talking to somebody with maybe that old school water ski mentality, because you're in this position right now where even if somebody doesn't like you or the, not you, that's the person, not possible. Yeah, yeah, not like <laughs> if they don't like you, Adam Winsink, the person, <laughs> but like 
if they if if it's somebody who's got that old school technology and they don't like Adam Winsink because he's the wakeboarder guy, you know, and yeah. a lot of these water skiers just ha- like. Not the younger people, unfortunately. For, I'm not trying to be a jerk if there's any like older water skiers listening to this, but there's there are people that are just like, oh, if it, if it was wakeboard or if it was easier to be called wakeboarding or yeah, something yeah. like that, or <laughs> I'll get these, t-shirts. you know, or get these wakeboard boats off of our lake, but then they're gonna come to you and be like, um, you know, we want the best deal on a slalom boat. You know, I get 50 people in, you know, a new boat every year. So, like, how are how are you personally able to like deal with this or like some of your experiences maybe with like some of those like the water ski guys that maybe will like talk trash about wakeboarding or something like that yeah, and then yeah i've not really run into that much and and i don't know if it's because i have such an appreciation for all that stuff that i've never had a a ounce of disrespect for it so i think they feel that like they, they might see me as the wakeboarder dude that gets off the boat after doing a demo and being like oh dude this is one of those big wake dudes you know but uh, uh with the loud music and the you know obnoxious stuff going on but but i quickly can bring down that wall so they might have that when they first walk up to me but i can quickly connect with them and talk the lingo with them because i understand it you know I, I may not understand it to the level that they do as far as like slalom skiing things like that but i understand how hard it is i appreciate how hard it is i would never uh, take anything away from that and so in conversation i can quickly just bring down that barrier and then all of a sudden you know we're having a normal conversation and they they respect me for even being a wakeboarder you know it's like hey i went this way you went that way but we both put the same amount of work in to get there you know what i'm saying so how quickly did you start learning tricks what were some of like your first tricks and whatnot yeah so i I think probably within the first year i was jumping wake to wake and then um, some surface 180s and stuff like that and then my first flip was probably i think i was 13 years old it, so it took a while. So I was kind of stuck, kind of doing the same thing. But I never even had my own wakeboard until probably till I was 13. We got a KD. You remember KD? Yeah, of course. KD of course. 55 was my uh, first twin tip wakeboard. The thing was flat as a as a two by six. Man, it would slice through those steep wakes like nobody's business. But anyways, um, I learned a tantrum when I was 13. And uh, I think, yeah, 12 or 13 years old, that was my first flip. So, And then from there, it was, you know, back roll, a lot of heel side hero stuff. And then uh, a couple clinics later, start picking up, you know, some more things. But I was terrible at spinning. So I learned all kinds of flips and even mobs before I was any good at spinning at all. I would have like a, a Moby Dick, you know, you know backflip with a backside 360 handle pass and i could barely do a heel side 360 you know but it was all about the technique it was all about the handle positioning right yeah well for me it was like i had that old school style of the darren shapiro hard edging load the line which you still sort of have that yeah yeah i kind of have a combo a mixture now but a little more aggressive right so uh, when I started, because I'd pull so hard through the wake, spinning was tough for me because the handle would get so far away from me and I'd just get super frustrated with it. But flipping, you know, into the flats back then, everything was into the flats, right? So that came natural to me. And um, so it took me a long time. I kind of had to go back and learn uh, spinning at a later age once, you know, I had a lot of things under my belt. But um the uh, you know I started competing when I was about 13 years old at the INT events throughout Ohio, Indiana, and Michigan, and there was also a league called the NWL, the National Wakeboarding League, which sure. uh, 
you know that was a an awesome series that haven't know, heard that in a long long time, time. <laughs> yeah. yeah there was a, a couple of key dads that just kind of took on took on that role and put on these contests and a couple pop-up tents and a in a loudspeaker and uh, a makeshift nano the mano and there's a tournament in place right and uh so we we did that all growing up and um you know, I was always the guy that never really had the, the nicest equipment, but, um, you know, I could go out there and, and put on a show and, and stand on the podium. And, you know, some of the local writers, I don't know if you remember Chris Lasky, you know, he, he oh, was yeah, of course. Jeremy Bachelor and Chris Lasky. And some of these guys would uh, get Chris Northrup even uh, at one of my first contests. I remember him showing up. But uh, these guys would always have the, the newer boards and all that stuff. And I'd come walking out with a 97 Murray you know, bug board and drop it on the dock. And I still had, you know, two inch fins on it. And, uh, but it worked for your style. Well, I'd have to, I'd have to show them what's up. You know, I'd hear all the chatter on the dock, like, look at this board, dude, you know, and I would just have to go out and put it in the results. So how, how important were contests to you and why were they important? Uh, they were important. Um, I, I like the competitive side of things. Uh, I was probably, even at the time I was more, interested in just you know socializing and meeting people that were into it as much as I was into it you know what I mean I like the the competition side of it I put a lot of pressure on myself still even when I was riding pro a lot of pressure on myself um I probably didn't compete enough to really ever get completely completely in my groove but uh you know over the years I evolved into from junior men and to men's one I was national and world champion uh 2003 and then I started riding pro and, uh, you know, I could get in the top 16 pretty consistently, which was cool, you know, but as you in know, those days, top 16, you still got paid a little bit or at least no, your sponsor. No, no, not really. No Sponsors, prize money. you know, you'd, you'd get, you'd get hooked up and helped out to, to be at the event. You'd get your expenses paid for. And, but, uh, you know, so top 16 was cool. Semifinals, as you know, is a tough, tough place to get. I was top 10, I think at nationals one year. But, uh, you know, what I decided to do uh, is not when I got good enough and I, you know, got out of school and I was like, man, should I move to Florida and take this thing on full time or should I go to school and have a backup plan? You know, what should I do? And, you know, I started thinking about it and I was like, man, I should move to Florida and, uh, you know, then I can ride year round. Well, I didn't have any money, so I would have had to go get a job and work till five o'clock every day in the winter, which is where you would gain the extra riding time right so I was like is it really going to gain me that much so I ended up staying home um and just stuck in Ohio stuck in Ohio yeah yeah <laughs> which uh it's it's been a blessing it, it all worked out great but ended up staying going to school um and which has gotten me the opportunity within the industry that I have now but uh you know back to uh, competing even on the pro level I never left Ohio so I was riding you know, four or five months out of the year, maybe, depending on the weather. So I would just work my butt off to try to, to hang with the boys that were riding year round. And so I was excited to be able to get into the semifinals and to be able to kind of hang at that level and, and be respected within the industry. But I knew that it was going to take more time on the water to get, to break into the, you know, the top five or the podium position. So um, it was fun. I did it for a long time and, and I really liked the social aspect and just, you know, mingling with everybody. And, and I liked the response and especially, you know, there at the end, I think that I was paying my $160 or whatever to compete just so I could 
hear uh, Dano the Mano uh, announce me off the starting dock with his WWE voice, and that was one of the highlights. Yeah, I'd make sure that uh, the wife got that on film. But yeah, uh, right? <laughs> as my head gets bigger, yeah, and yeah, bigger for and sure. Bigger. So what was what was the original goal? Like, were you in high school, and did you want to be a pro rider, or and did you and and with that thought in mind, did you like what did you think you were gonna what did you think you were going to get from being a pro rider? Yeah. So in high school, definitely thought, you know, you know, this is what I should do. I think I have something here that's, uh, it's natural. It's a, a gift. And, um, but then when it came to decision time, I pumped the brakes and I was like, I think I'm going to put some time into school and to have a backup plan. I can't do this forever. And not sure if I'll actually ever be able to break into, you know, like I said before, because I'd have to work and, and try to ride and you know all that I just didn't know if I'd ever be able to put enough time in to to break in so then I went back to the drawing board I'm like you know I'm gonna go to school see where it leads me and in the meantime I was putting a lot of um uh I was putting a lot of time into building relationships within the industry so I had some relationships with Greg Maloon who was the rep in the area at the time was currently our president Sure. Well, at, at that time, like people probably don't know this too. I think Greg was living in like the Midwest, Indiana, as well, right? Yeah. Indiana and Nautique at the time had like a um, uh, a distribution or something like that. Out yeah, of the yeah, they had a, a warehouse in Indiana, so um, that would have you know forty, fifty, sixty boats in stock. That at the time they, they were all kind of optioned the same, and um, if a dealer needed something and he was out of stock and he needed a specific color, they could call the warehouse and buy it and they could have it within days. Um, it was an interesting model, but, uh, they also had a full service center there and, and Greg was the rep for the Midwest. And I knew Greg through going to these contests, the NWLs, the INTs, WWAs. I mean, and it's crazy because Greg isn't that much older than us. No, no. Greg's maybe he might, I don't even think he's 10 years older. Right. So he's, um, but at the time he was the rep, I was the, the athlete kid that just wanted to be a part of Nautique and what was going on. I was about to say the president of Nautique has a baby face. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. He's doing well for himself. For right. Sure. Uh, but, uh, and he's got a progressive mind that you, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't ask for, uh, younger, you know, more progressive professional mind to be in that position but anyways we can get to that later um but the uh uh back to your point of what was i trying to get out of contests it 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 kind of quickly when i had it came to decision time i went okay i think i need you know the practical side of my brain was like you need to plan for the future right you need to you need to have a plan here so i went to school got done with school didn't really know what i was going to do had a good relationship with greg because i had been uh, jumping in the truck with him and I was the circus monkey. So he would go and do these on water events like I do today uh, as the rep. And I would be kind of the guy that would go out and put on the show and, and create the wow factor when we were demoing nautiques across, you know, from dealer to dealer. So I would either volunteer my time to help him out and do these events, or he'd pay me, you know, a hundred bucks a day or whatever to come and help him. That led into, uh, um, you know, boat show, he would pay me a hundred bucks a day and I'd come help out at boat shows and talk to customers and just kind of share my experiences. So I started to put myself out there on the business side of things. And I started to learn through experience and Greg gave me those opportunities and also uh, Rick Skinner from Hyperlite and HO. Yeah, I was riding for Hyperlite at that time and Rick would bring me in and, and I'd learn 
you know, how to slang wakeboards at a boat show and uh, water skis back then. So I learned a lot about the business just by kind of putting myself in there and volunteering to help them out. And then um, I got done with school and Greg's like, hey, man, what do you got going on? I was like, well, I'm just kind of soul searching right now, trying to figure out what my next step is. And I still was riding really hard in the summertime, but it was still not a, you know, I knew that it was going to be tough to do it and get paid full time living in Ohio. But you Uh, did it for a while. Yeah, for sure. No, definitely. And my goal, too, then was like, look, I'm going to stay in Ohio. I'm going to do this as a rider. I'm kind of jumping around now, too. But as a rider, I'm going to I'm going to figure out how to be the best wakeboarder and influence the next generation of wakeboarders and wake surfers and water sports people in the Midwest. So I wanted people to be like, look, this dude still lives in Ohio full time. He's stuck in Ohio and he's still doing it, right? So I kind of wanted to be that dude. So I worked really hard at at trying to be the best rider that still, you know, lived in the Midwest and competed at that level. But um, so anyways, I was working on the business side at the same time by putting myself out there and just volunteering my time and and just truly just trying to learn as much as I could. Greg offered me a position at Midwest Craft in marketing and uh, I, soon I was doing, uh, I had a design degree so I was doing you know uh, graphic design and a lot of marketing things for, for him and his dealers and and then all of a sudden you know he'd throw me in the truck with a boat on the back and I'd go and do these events by myself. So I'd show up at dealers and do these on water proving grounds tour type events where have any of your designs gone on to like be something that we might see in some of the boats today? Uh, not in the boats, I wouldn't say. Or on the boats. Uh, yeah, I mean it was more back then it was uh, you know, it was uh, you know, print media. So it was like I would design a billboard for this dealer who needed a billboard or um a uh uh, a brochure, a pamphlet on the dealership or, you know, whatever Midwest Crack Craft needed at the time. And then lots of odds and ends too. I mean, it, it, there was at Midwest, it was, uh, he kind of, you know, Greg and Ken and Diane would, would just have me do a little bit of everything to learn a little bit. So I'd be out wrenching June oil changes on boats. I'd be installing custom stereos. Cause that was something I was into back in the day. And, you know, whatever it was, you know, I was kind of dabbling in all of that. But then it soon led to dealers asking for me more about with the events and boat shows and things that, you know, I could connect with customers. And, you know, I think that uh, kind of built a little bit of a reputation there. And then in 2008, when the downturn happened, they decided that that the distribution model didn't make sense for that time. And they were going to close it up. And um, Greg was going to move to Orlando to be the the VP of product development and uh, so glad he did now because it it really it really changed the game for Nautique Boat Company but the um, uh, at that time Greg's like hey man I'm moving to Florida and uh, I need you to you and Thomas Bates his brother-in-law one of my good friends now and and, uh, a good mentor over the years he's like I need you guys to split up the territory and basically figure it out because i'm i'm heading to florida and i'm gonna do this product development thing quick break right now and hang tight guys i hope you're all enjoying today's guest adam winsink did you know adam has been riding and supported by hyperlight wakeboards for a long time now quick history lesson the hyperlight brand was born in 1991 on the shores of lake sammamish hyperlight has 
always been and continues to be a pioneer in the wake industry as the sport of wakeboarding grows hyper like continues to evolve their brand while creating revolutionary products whether you're a free rider a contest rider a boat or a cable rider the diverse product line is designed to help elevate your riding big air off kickers and wakes baby oh yeah with thousands of hours of research and development from innovative team of shapers, riders, and manufacturers always focused on providing you the highest quality equipment that's engineered. And today, Hyperlight continues to keep up with the ever-changing landscape of our sport. Finish the podcast, then head over to Hyperlight.com for a look at all the products, team, news, and videos. Click the search local link on the website for a dealer near you. And now let's get back to Detroit with Adam and me on the GMP. Let me ask you, how old are you at this point? Because you're you're a pretty young dude, right? Yeah, I'm 33 right now. So you so I just so look 53 because I got I got no hair and I got a lot of wisdom showing up in sure. my beard. You know, what I mean? after this week I got some more wisdom in my beard <laughs> as well. But you you broke into the, like you became a rep at a pretty young age, mm-hmm. which it kind of is on. I'd say like in those days is kind of unheard of, right? Yeah, I mean, I was uh, I got in with the company 13 years ago, so I was 20, 21 years old, 20 years old at the time, and uh, I was a rep in when I was like 24. So I've been, and at that time, you know, shoot, I had earrings in, and you know, I was still doing the athlete thing, and uh, still pretty green. And so when I got the book of, you know, Thomas and I split up just a few states at first, and then. Um, in 2000 and you know, later in 2008, they, they offered me the Northeast ter- whole territory and I had never met any of those dealers. They just kind of threw me to the wolves and it was kind of funny. I look back on it now, but I, I can only imagine what some of those dealers were thinking. You know, these guys are running successful businesses and, you know, doing a great job and I'm walking in just, a, you know, a young kid, a couple earrings in, you know, and I you had plugs, right? totally looked at like a, yeah, just a wakeboarder dude, bro, you know? And, uh, so, and I'm trying to help them with their business, you know? So a uh, little trial by fire there, which is probably the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, it was one of those circumstances where it was like, uh, yeah, I w- probably wasn't ready, but because that's the way that it happened, it made me have to figure it out and, and quickly, uh, became respected among my dealers and my peers and, in you know, sure. led into some big stuff. All right. So. Let's, uh, let's, let's talk about the, the board bash. I know this is super important to you. Uh, this is an event that happens in the Midwest and from what I understand, I haven't been there yet because every year I'm at some other dang event, of course. But uh, you invited me to announce it one time, and I'm bummed out I missed it. But from what I understand, it's a massive event that happens out in the Midwest in the middle of nowhere that gets a ton of people. So what is the board bash, and, um, and, and what's like your role in it as well? Yeah, so the uh, so the board bash um, was started in 2012. My brother-in-law, well, now is my brother-in-law, Eric Blasman. Uh, he was um, he was dating my sister at the time, and and we we had been riding together. I he actually met my sister through me. I screwed that up. So, but uh, <laughs> he met he we had been wakeboarding prior to that, and. Uh, 
he he had some time off in the summer and he was in between jobs or whatever it was and he's like man I really want to put something together uh, you know and I'm thinking about doing a contest here on the Muddy Mommy which is where you know that's where I grew up that's where our crew is that's what I'm super passionate about and uh, I was like man that's a great idea it's something I've always wanted to do just haven't had the time you know I'm I'm doing my thing and uh so he put he laid down the groundwork to start the first one in 2012 at my buddy Heath Wallace's place it's six acres right on the river and and you know a couple pop-up tents and some social media posts and boom we had a we had an event out there of course you know I had my demo boat that we could pull the event with and you know all of our friends and family helped support it you know judge it whatever it was and it turned out awesome and after that first year it was like wow, we really got something here. You know, the river is a place where because it's a, it's a highway, there's smooth water, you know, on the, in the middle of a weekend because people just pass each other and then you're right back in calm water again. You don't have a bunch of wallies doing circles all day long because it's not hardly wide enough. Right. So it's a, it's an awesome place for this. So, um, it's just grown into something that I never would have imagined. You know, at the time, I think we had maybe 40 riders show up in 2012, um, now we have uh, almost 90 riders from beginner to pro, and almost 3,000 people show up for this event. Um, 160 boats in the flotilla out there just hanging out, and it's in the middle of nowhere, Dan. You'd be blown away. <laughs> like, there's not an airport within an hour and a half of this place, and uh, but it's where I grew up and I love, and and we pull it off. But it's. Uh, it's a festival style event so what as it progressed you know eric built the groundwork and then i came in and we just started how can we take this to a new level right and uh, through a lot of connections we got some sponsors and stuff involved and really really amped it up and what we wanted what our main goal was is to have a grassroots event that's not um intimidating it's not too expensive that uh, gives kids an opportunity to compete on this professional platform. So we have rider jerseys, we have a rider tent, we have, we treat them like kings, you know, it's like 60 bucks or something to enter the event. And, um, you practically get that back in just the yeah. swag you're getting, right? Yeah, I mean that that's what it's all about. So we wanted to we wanted to focus on the beginners and and make people get these kids so fired up about doing their first one wake jump or whatever it was in front of this crowd that was supporting them. Um, so we wanted, but we wanted to do it at a at a high high level, not just a pop up tent and a microphone. Even though that's you know that was great for me as a young kid, but I just wanted to do it you know in a way that these kids felt super special you know we had professional photographers videographers buckeye cable sports network um which is a a cable network in all of northwest ohio actually covers the event live for us now and we have special announcers just for that and um these kids now are out there riding on our home river uh and then it's from all over now and people from all over the country come and even beck gange from uh, australia showed up this year and and rode and won and uh so it's become gunther oka you know competed against me and um he's not invited back anymore because he beat me the last time right uh but <laughs> no, i'm Was just kidding last gunther. year 
Uh, no, it was two years ago. Hey, yeah. What about Kevin Duffy? That little Kevin drama. Duffy showed up last year. Yeah. Is he not invited back either? I was pretty. <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah. He's he's a pretty nice kid, so he's on the bubble. But uh, you know, three years ago, I was pretty cool. I was still holding my own. You know, I was winning. You know, on the podium, and then these kids show up, and geez, Louise. Uh, last year, Kevin showed up and threw down. It was pretty choppy. Um, and his finals run, and he's you know he's pretty lean, and he just threw down in that chop, and he earned every bit of that. So it was cool to see him and Thomas Herman and some of those guys coming up that are battling just, Jimmy Larich out oh, there. Oh yeah, yeah, man, yeah, Jimmy was there, and uh, just watching these guys progress, it's it's been awesome on the high level, but more fun for me is seeing how much the beginner division has grown in the intermediate guys, and you know, the 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 high level riding is amazing, right? The, the pros and the outlaws and all that, the outlaw division is massive the pro division is massive but the beginner stuff you know and i'm dad now maybe i get a little more sentimental than i used to sure but when i see those kids roll into the dock after their first wakeboard run and their parents are hugging them and stuff that's a that's what it's all about for me and uh and what's cool it's a festival style event but the camaraderie and stuff is insane i mean it's there's none of that stuffiness it's a because you can bring your own boat to the event like it's just that whole you know they're not giving up a weekend to go to the event right it's you're there you're with your boat you're with your crew we have two bands every night you can camp on site like it's it's just a it's almost like a water sports celebration i feel like i feel like it's so it's so important right now within the industry because okay the events are very important i think it's important to have these events and be able to like have the champions you know and like have a place for your Harley Cliffords and your Corey Tunisons and your Mike Dowdies and your Tony Iaconis and all these guys uh, to battle and 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 compete. But of course, like we're starting to see like uh, these regattas, you know, the, these regattas and um, like even like regional events like that that rider experience contest that that's going on. There's so many of these like these these other contests too that I think um, are, are showing that. Um, you know, I, I again, I think the competition stuff is important, 100%. but at the same time, I don't necessarily think it's like the stuffiness of it because I, I think the coolest part about wakeboarding is that it's really not that stuffy because what yeah. other what yeah. other uh, sport could you walk up to, say a Harley Clifford, yeah. you know, and the dude will invite you to come sleep 100%. over at his house, yeah. you know, so, um, so. As, as far as the board bash goes, uh, what are the plans for 2018? Anything new or anything special? Yeah, so we're always tweaking it. You know, we're, we're always trying to to um, just make it a little bit better, have a little bit better bands. We're, we do a, like a halftime show. We'll bring in a professional stand-up jet ski guy this year. Um, sometimes we have the flyboard guys come out there, and or we do a double set. And we also have The Right Direction, the, the nonprofit that I was telling you about that, that um, helps out the – they basically use action sports to be a positive influence on the next generation of kids, but they bring out a BMX setup and they do a full on BMX show. And, and there's like, you know, nine or 10 pros that come out and do that. So we're always tweaking it. Um, you know, every year we're, we're trying to just come up with a new, 
way to keep it interesting you know for our diehards that are which we have a ton of them that come back every year we got to have something new and fresh so we're right now we're in the middle of of dialing all that in but uh there's no doubt that it'll be bigger and badder than than last year and uh it's like i said the like you're you're exactly right the the competition side with the good water and the good conditions to see what's really possible in a contest on a wakeboard is important. Those are important. But on the same at the, on the same hand, I think that a great way to grow the sport and is to do an event like the Board Bash that is a festival style event that gives more than just the diehard wakeboards wakeboarders and families a reason to come. But now you have music, you have bands, you have a flotilla out there. So now everybody's inviting maybe these these other people that typically wouldn't come to a just to come and hang out and have a good time and listen to the announcers be funny and the music and the you know in the BMX show and there's all these different things that are bringing additional people to see our sport and then all of a sudden they go you know what? I got to try that, dude. That looks super fun, you know? So that's where I think that the festival style events will help grow the sport uh, because we're getting more looks through bringing them in through different avenues and then they're going to try it, right? Whether it be wake surfing, you know, in. So I think that both are very important. So having that balance is what's going to get us where we need to. We got to have the competition level be extremely high and have a controlled environment so these guys can throw down runs that never thought possible, right? I mean, at this point, what they're doing behind a boat, I mean, 10 years ago, nobody ever thought would be possible. And uh, we need to keep that rolling, right? Because that's the aspirational, that's the, the halo that we need to keep chasing. But from a growth perspective, I think that there's a lot of room for these festival style events to continue to grow and bring new people in to get looks at what we got going on. Totally agree, man. I totally agree. All right, man. So as we kind of roll towards the end of this thing, um, I want to talk about the Water Sports Industry Association, the WSIA. Uh, they've got their big summit. Uh, by the time people listen to this, they're, uh, the summit's already going to be over. I'm going to be heading there for my first time, WSIA. I'm actually stoked. We've, we've kind of uh, worked something out, and this year I'm going to be helping um, spread. I'm going to be helping spread the message of uh, waking uh, responsibly or water sporting responsibly, uh, along with the WSIA. Uh, you are a. You've been. Uh, you've won WSIA Rep of the Year, uh, and I and I say congratulations to you on that. Now, um, I'm nominated for an award, and I don't know if I was supposed to know about it or if I wasn't supposed to know about it, but, it, I mean, you go to their website, and it's right there sure. on there. Uh, my phone was ringing off of the hook about two weeks ago. Um, I'm very honored, but it's not why I it's not why I do it. I'm I'm nominated for the Larry Medoc Award, so they're yep. basically saying that um, I've gone a little bit above and beyond in trying to help spread the word of of toad water sports in sure. general. Uh, again, which is the highest honor actually at that event. I mean, and it and it's trust me, this is like it's huge, but it's almost a pressure on oh, me no, that dude, like you, i don't know stop being modest man so, you're, you're, you're let me brag for you all right but, but with that being said um 
like when you won Rep of the Year, did you know that did you were? Not, no, but did you no. know you were nominated for? I didn't it know I was nominated. Yeah. Okay, so these feelings that I'm holding inside right now. Yeah, I was this twelve months ago. That's where I was. Okay, so so in like literally in sixty hours from the moment that we are recording this podcast right now, it, well, this interview. Yep. You and I are going to be in Steamboat, Colorado. Yep. And then they've got the leadership awards. Like, how am I? I don't. Any which way this happens. Look, I don't. I looked at the list of of people who are also nominated. And Some these hitters. guys. Yeah. I'm looking at these people, and it's like they <laughs> they're doing even bigger stuff than I'm doing. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? But. Inside, I've got this feeling. It's just like, it's like, oh, it's like a feeling of like my, it's like I'm at the top of the roller coaster and we're about to go down. You know what I mean? So give me some advice. Yeah. So it was the same thing for me last year. You know, I was like, man, it's, it's amazing. I was stoked just to be nominated. You know what I mean? Like just to be recognized as. You know, people are paying attention, right? Unlike me, you probably didn't talk about it, though. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I did to certain people, but... uh, You didn't get on a podcast and mention it. (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah, I I was nerding out behind the scenes. I wasn't uh, talking to thousands of people on the the interweb, but but I I totally understand where you're at. And it was, um, I was so stoked just to be nominated and to be grouped, you know, to be recognized, right? you're putting in the work you've put in the work forever you know and uh, I felt like I did too it's 12 years for me and as a rep and that but beyond being a rep it was my entire life of events that brought me to be a rep that got then got me right so this award last year for me just like for you if you weren't a water skier as a kid and a show skier and all of these things and love WWE to get your swag, you know, to come out behind the kicker at the Detroit Boat Show and introduce yourself with a different voice. In the old days, of course. And <laughs> although I should bring all it back. of these things come together, right? That's, that's how I was thinking about it. That's why it felt so big. It was like, dude, this is since I started water sports, this is it's all led up to this, right? I'm not trying to make it bigger and make you yeah, more right. pressure <laughs> at all, but I am. I could see you're like, oh, shit, yeah, you're right. But that's how I was thinking about it. So I took it extremely seriously. So I was sitting there going, you know what? I was nominated. I'm stoked. If it doesn't happen, these other guys are amazing, right? So I'm just going to be happy for them, and I'm going to hope that I get recognized again and get an opportunity at it. But I'm not going to be – but you're sure as – you're sure that I was prepared. <laughs> so I was prepared to walk up there and, you know, give thanks and, and be appreciative that I truly am. But uh, I knew in the back of my head that I could get that, rah, rah, okay, next time, you know. And But I was okay with that. So I think that's that would be my advice is just to know that it's pretty rad that you were one of how many? Well, I think well, there's like four or five people that are nominated. that are actually nominated, but you're one of how many people in this amazing industry that could have been nominated, and you were one of the top four or five, right? So that's a pretty good, pretty good deal. And so congratulations to you. So I would say, eat it up, eat this moment up, and if the next one happens, rock and roll, be ready for it. Let you always are. I mean, you're not afraid of a microphone, so you're going to kill that. But, uh, but. Um, you know, just be, I think that you need to be uh, proud to to be nominated for sure. And I think that, I think you're going to bring it home myself. All right, man. Well, you just put so many butterflies in my stomach. <laughs> I might just stay in Detroit, brother. <laughs> I don't know. 
All right, man. Hey, so obviously you've been around. You were here then. You're here now. Um, the differences that you see in the sport, the state of Wake, what do you think? Oh, man, what we're seeing, it, you know, in, in, in wakeboarding is incredible. You know, these guys that are – you know, Mike and Corey and Noah and, and man, the list goes on. I'm going to miss somebody, but Harley, you know, these guys that are, they're just taking it to a new level. It's, uh, it's amazing to watch. I'm super inspired by it, but, uh, you know, I still can't get enough of the, the Randalls, the, you know, Scott Stewart, the Dean Smith type of riding. And I would just encourage when it comes to just wakeboarding, you know, and I'm seeing more of that now out of even the, the, the top five guys, they're going into the flats and that's super fun to watch. Even Dowdy's getting out there and smacking back sevens way out into the flats. And, and that is to me, like I would, I get so excited about that, like doing a, a Rayleigh cut at a G wake and doing a backside 720 into the flats is like, that's for real. You know, that's that that's that risk reward type of thing. And uh, so I, I just wanted to I want to keep seeing that. You know, I love the tech side of things, but I also want to see them boys go big. So hopefully they'll keep pushing that from a wake surfing perspective. Just keep doing it, man. Get people out there behind the boat. It'll lead to more stuff. You know, it, this is just it's just growing really fast right now. If wakeboarders want to hate on wake surfing, you know what? We're getting more people into the pool, and they're gonna and they're gonna expand what they can do on the water. and And I truly believe that. So, let's encourage everybody to get out there and just have fun behind the boat, no matter what you're doing: water skiing, wakeboarding, wake surfing. And um, you know, let's do a better job of coaching people if it is wakeboarding. You know, let's 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 teach them the right way so they're not getting beat up i mean nobody has to go out and beat themselves up like i did back in the day before we had good good you know good teachers and good youtube videos and you know good wakes yeah good wakes and you know speed control and all of these things right like it doesn't have to be like it was back when i was trying stuff before any of this it's all they they got awesome tools use them and uh, let's encourage people to to do it the right way and that's how the sport's gonna grow so just go have fun with your crew on the water. All right, so you're so let's get some advice for somebody. Here's the thing. The reality of it is there's only so much room at the top and only a handful of guys are going to get paid off of sheer talent for wakeboarding. Sure. Um, you and I, we've been lucky. We've been on the water since we were little kids, and we now pay our bills because of Toad Water Sports. Guys listening, folks, I'm not saying I make a lot of money off this, but I am saying that I've been lucky and blessed enough to be able to uh, cover my rent, car payment, insurance, food, and bills, okay? So I'm lucky. Um, You you and I come from a little bit of a different background. I figured it out a little earlier that I wasn't going to get paid because of my water skiing. I was going to get paid because I was like, doing sales or whatever it was that I was going to be doing. I, I was going to get paid because I was going to put in the time. Mm-hmm. What's your advice? Um, for, because you were in a little bit of a different position because you were one of the elite riders there, and now you are one of the elite um, sales reps and kind of guys behind the scenes in our sport. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, what, what helped me was recognizing that, you know, riding was just part of the equation and putting the time in with customers and with, with, uh, the company to be more than just 
you know, just an athlete, right? It was, it was um, diversifying myself and in, in creating more value uh, for the company and for the industry and for the lifestyle of water sports. And and to be honest, the, the stuff that's fun is 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 the bigger picture stuff that helping you know helping people get more excited about it and to me and uh, not just being so self you know absorbed and focused on what the one you know so i think that if you can show value in multiple ways to um to you know to your sponsors or to your companies um that you'll have a long-term you know you'll have you'll be able to stay in this industry if you're if you're just a one-trick pony i think it's going to be tougher for the long run but uh so just be conscious of that and and be aware of your surroundings and you know i know you got to be focused on the contest side of things but there's a lot more to this than just you know showing up at a contest you got to you got to represent your products you got to represent the 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 sport and and you got to do it off the water just as much as on the water and that's what I would recommend. Just be a good person and have fun and, and spread good vibes, you know? Good advice, my friend. I couldn't agree more. All right, man. Adam Winston, go ahead and give us um, your, your sponsors, anybody who's still taking care of you, anybody who you want to give some love to, some social media, and some thank yous before we finish this thing off. Well, I'm going to start with some thank yous. My uh, my wife, Andrea, she is in my girls, Brooklyn and Dallas. They are, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be sitting here with Dana the Mano or, or uh, being able to, to have a career and a lifestyle that I have without without their support. And I wouldn't do it without their support. So thanks to, uh, to my girls back home for everything they do for me and for letting me be a road warrior this time of year on the boat show circuit. Um, but... Um, my mom and dad for you know you know just giving me this opportunity and continuing to be my biggest fans of brother and sister of course same thing super close family but then um everybody back at the money mall me all of the old, you know everybody you know everybody that i've met along the way there's little bits and pieces that i take from dana the mano what i take from a dealer what i take from friends family that have helped me get to this point so thanks for anybody that i've crossed paths with that have had a positive influence there's a ton of you but uh anyways the uh sponsors hyperlight wakeboards for a long time like almost uh 14 years i've been with hyperlight wakeboards they're still supporting me and couldn't appreciate that more of course nautique boats the uh, best boats in the game uh, a company that uh, i'm super excited to work for and um uh, the team is amazing. The product is amazing. The culture is amazing, and 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 they've also got a bigger mission that's beyond just boats, which I'm really excited to be a part of. So, you know, Nautique Boat Company has done a ton for me. And then, um, the Right Direction Youth Development Program, you know, uh, the Right Direction org, and Stuck in Ohio. Stuck in Ohio is a uh, uh, action sports company out of Ohio that it just wants to show the world that that being stuck in Ohio is not so bad and we're having a good time. So uh, those guys have helped us support the board bash and and uh, helped put me on the map through their videos over the years. Couldn't be more thankful for, for that. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people that I could thank, but, uh, uh, you know, just appreciate being a part of this amazing industry and, and hope I can do it for a long time. All right. So if anybody wants to like find out more about you, the people you represent, um, social media, what do they have to do? 
Yeah, Adam Winsink on Facebook. W E N S I N K is the last name, and then Adam underscore Winsink on Instagram. Very cool, and you stay active on all that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, guys, well, there it was. Adam Winsink. He is the Nautique Rep of Reps. He's the WSIA Rep of the Year, and just an awesome dude. Adam, I thank you so much. And listeners, you please hang tight, because I'll be right back with a little more right here on the Golden Mike Podcast, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Woo! Hey, Golden Mike Podcast listeners, get your boat looking brand new this summer with some custom Sea Deck non-skid traction. On your boat, in your boat, on the dock, or anywhere normally prone to slippery surfaces, even paddle boards and wake surfers. Sea Deck has a growing network of certified fabricators and installers covering the USA, Canada, Europe, and the South Pacific. And now it's easier than ever to have a Sea Deck professional take your project from start to finish. Go to SeaDeck.com, hit the custom button, on the website and look for the interactive map to locate a CDEX certified fabricator or installer in your area to schedule an appointment today. Wakeboarding.com is an online community for wakeboard enthusiasts and professionals. View and share wakeboarding videos as well as view upcoming wakeboarding events live from the Wakeboarding.com website and Facebook page. Want to find a new local spot to ride? Are you looking for a third to ride with you? Are you traveling and want to get a pull while you're on the road? Wakeboarding.com keeps you connected wherever you are. Go like Wakeboarding.com on Facebook and register at Wakeboarding.com. Wakeboarding.com to join the fastest growing wakeboard community online on the water. That's wakeboarding.com. W A K E B O A R D I N. No G.com. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. It's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the North, Dano the Mano. Thank you, thank you to Adam Winsink. Awesome dude, awesome story. A lot of history there. Adam gave me some great advice on the episode there. Now, I didn't write an actual speech for the WSIA Leadership Awards, but I will tell you, I did prepare a list of names. It was a long list. Names of people who have helped me along the way. And it was such an honor, and honestly... Having Adam on the show was an honor, too. The guy is seriously respected everywhere in all circles. So hope you guys all enjoyed it. Maybe you took something usable out of it, educational. I don't know. Maybe. But that was Adam Winsink, and he wasn't my 90th guest. I think we've actually surpassed that number a while ago. But he was a great guest for episode 90, so thank you, my friend. Events. This Friday, I'll be in Cocoa Beach. It's March 9th with the Billabong wakeboard team. Rail Jam with Step Up Productions over there behind Ron John's Surf Shop. There's going to be like a big surf festival going on. I'm excited. I've been trying to get out there for years, and finally, I get to make it. March 10th, that's the next day, I'm going to be over in Claremont, Florida with Performance Ski and Surf Pig on the Pond. It's a wakeboard contest. It's also a gigantic carnival and just awesome day in Claremont. If you're listening and you're around, if you can make it, that would be radical. Then Sunday, March 11th, I'm back 
in Cocoa Beach. Finish off that Billabong Rail Jam. I do have a birthday coming up March 23rd through the 25th. I'm going to be in Scottsdale, Arizona for the International Sportsman's Expos and Arizona Boat Show with Action Water Sports Arizona. Robbie Brown is bringing myself and a little crew out for a rail jam. It'll be my third year out there for this particular event, and it's always a good time. I get to see a lot of my friends out there. April's starting to fill up, and I'll fill you in with uh, all of those dates on the next one. But right now, if anybody listening is interested in having me announce or commentate, do voiceover work, or appear at your next event, maybe you just want to advertise in the Golden Mike podcast or just ask any question in general, email me, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. You can also message me through the Golden Mike Facebook page, and that's also the best way of purchasing official Golden Mike podcast t-shirts, dad hats, and stickers. Please remember to find and subscribe to the Golden Mike podcast on iTunes or the podcast app on Apple devices and search the app store for just about any podcast app on your Androids. Then search and subscribe there. Please rate, review the podcast. I do appreciate it. SoundCloud or at noiseofthenorth.com. Follow me on Twitter at the Dano T Mano at the golden underscore Mike. Instagram at Dano T Mano. The Golden Mike Podcast on Facebook. Thanks again to Adam Winsink. And now a few shout outs to the sponsors and folks behind the scenes. Thank you to SeaDeck Marine Products, Boulder Boats, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Performance Ski and Surf. GoPuck, Footin.com, Wakeboarding.com, C4 Belts, Hyperlite, Leadwake, Conley, Ronix, O'Brien, Slingshot Wakeboards, Jenna Carruth on the web, and Rich Walsh on the audio. That's going to do it for today's show, and I appreciate you all for tuning in and listening. I'm the Noise of the North, Dan of the Mano, and you can hear me next time once again on the Golden Mike Podcast.